into the contest. It's Friday the 7th of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee and it's one of those iconic days in the sporting calendar. Today, of course, day three of the Sydney Test match, Pink Day. It's going to be a bit peculiar because Glenn McGrath won't be there because he's got COVID. He won't be there, but uh, the supporters will, mate, and they'll, they'll turn out in the in the thousands, mate, uh, to support not only Glenn McGrath, but uh, the memory of Jane, who, look, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, when Glenn was married to her, and um, she was a wonderful person, a wonderful mother. And um, and sadly missed, and um, but her legacy lives on, mate, with uh, the McGrath Foundation, which is a wonderful charity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there'll be people out there, volunteers, uh, raising funds, and the lady stand will turn into the Jane McGrath stand for the day. Mm. And uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a big, big day. We've got a huge show, of course, today. Shad Wicker is not far away. The Brisbane comedian who is a very knowledgeable man when it comes to sport. We're going to talk about the Test match plus much, much more. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, Main Hair Care. Now, let's get to this issue yesterday with the rain delays because it's happened in a couple of days in a row. What do you make of the players sort of getting off before any decision is made? It got a little bit tense there for a moment. Poor Rifle's blood pressure even got over a blip. <laughs> yeah, Paul's rifle's bar. Yeah, he's... Um his blood pressure and his heartbeat may have got over 80, I reckon. But, uh, look, I, I don't agree with Steve Smith running off. He shouldn't do that. You have to wait for the umpire's decision. Steve Smith's a really funny sort of guy. He's um, we, we see he's peculiar with his, you know, with his tendencies when he bats and he, he fidgets and he touches himself and 15 times before he actually faces a ball. He's really concerned about his cricket bat. And he treats his bat like a, I don't know, like a mum would treat their sick child <laughs> with, with, mm. with real concern. So he kept running off and poor Rifle, rightly so, pulled him up and said, hey, stop running off. We'll tell you when you can leave the field and um, you don't run the game. And he's copped a bit of uh, backlash from that, Steve Smith. Just wants to be careful, doesn't he? Because he has yeah. ingratiated himself back into uh, the heart and soul of, of Australian sport after being ostracised with what happened in South Africa. You just want to be careful uh, with how you present yourself and what you do. Yep, and I don't think he's given much thought about that at all. It's just uh, just the way he is, and he goes in his little bubble, but he's, he's got to do that, Timmy, definitely, and uh, he's worked so hard to get back to the, I suppose, the pinnacle of, of um, Australian sport and, and Australian public uh, and, their, and their sort of forgiveness for him. So, yeah, he needs to be careful, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Stuart Broad bowled beautifully. Why why he wasn't there in the first test match when he could have got David Warner out with a coconut in England a couple of years ago? <laughs> I've got no idea. But he's had a bit of a slap at his teammates, hasn't he? He has. Um, and brilliant figures, uh, 5 for 101 off 29 overs at the SCG. 
And then when asked by the reporters, you know, um, about why they keep rotating their bowlers and why he hadn't played a number of tests, he said, well, it doesn't matter if we only score 140. <laughs> he said, it doesn't matter what bowlers play. So he's had a real dig at his batting line up there. And, he, and he's right to a certain extent, but it just goes to show you what's going on inside the England change rooms at the moment. There's a real sort mm. of, um, yeah, there's no togetherness between the batters and the bowlers and, uh, yeah, they seem to be all fighting for their own spot and having a dip at each other, which is generally what happens in losing change rooms, that's for sure. I did laugh when someone sent me, and he's an Englishman, he sent me a, a, like a bit of a, a mock article saying that the English guys are arguing why they should stay in Australia, like having a bit of a fun with the whole Novak thing. But uh, look, it's amazing how 10 years can be such a time, such a change in someone's life. I remember Usman Khawaja when he made his debut in Sydney, and I, I travelled out to Harris Park to interview him in the family home and spoke to his mum and dad and there he was 10 years ago still living under the family roof and now 10 years on at 35 he's a father himself his wife was up in the stands and as was his little Mm. girl and he just seemed so at ease with the world as he did the big LeBron James celebration to bring up his 100. Yeah Australia 8 for 416 declared and, and Usman scoring 137 Look, I've met Usman a few times. I won't profess to know him. I don't know him that well, but I don't know. It made me really emotional watching him get that 100 uh, for some reason. And I think it sort of echoes the words that you just said to me, that he's really at ease with with where he is in his life. And um, yeah. he's, he's um, been able to achieve work-life balance, I think, which I think a lot of people strive for. And I think he has perspective, which a lot of people don't have. And you know, the young cricketer 10 years ago that played – was just searching, just wanted to be part of this Australian team and was disappointed when he didn't score runs and sort of lived and died by the sword. Where now he just went out there and played him, played his own game. He was at ease. He scored a brilliant 100. It was his best 100 he's ever scored. But I think a 100 that a lot of people can relate to that, hey, mate, you've done a really good thing. You've got your life in order. You've got a, a beautiful little family. And um, and well done, Osman Khawaja, for doing that. I think that's why it, that made me emotional. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see. Look, look, it looks like he won't play in Hobart, but it's quite remarkable yeah. that a player, the only one who got a century, 130-odd, but that's just the, the state of play. I think he will play a lot of test cricket throughout the course of the year because we've got a lot of trips to the subcontinent, mm. big tour to Pakistan, where, of course, his heritage lies. Now, just quickly looking at the tennis, and we'll talk more to Shad Wicker about this. This is Novak Djokovic thing's high drama, isn't it? The, he's he's won uh, the, the chance to stay in Australia at least until Monday uh, with this court hearing, this appeal to happen. Yeah, what a debacle. <laughs> what an absolute debacle. And some great memes going around with uh, like Federer um, and Nadal laughing, that sort of stuff. But that did make me laugh. But um, yeah, it's he's going to um, appeal this in the courts of Victoria. Um, I think that's going to happen by Monday. I don't know if this is possible or not. Uh, what does it mean? Will he get turned around? But, uh, yeah, it's just he's only really got himself to blame. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, of course, a good win for Alex Demonall. Yeah, he was really good, wasn't he? He came back, comeback win against Ugo Homber. Um, he lost 3-6 in the first set, but then won 7-6, 6-1 and, and played really well. We said all the time, he's a real fighter. Um, he's got something about him, and he really lifts in front of his home crowds, like Leighton Hewitt used to do. Uh, very, very similar in style. So um, mm. let's hope he has a big Australian Open. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to this. We're going to have a chat with Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker next here on Afternoon Sport. Alrighty, we love this time every Friday. 
Chad Wicker, Brisbane comedian. How are you, my friend? Mate, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back to my Friday slot after two weeks of filling in for you. How's it feel to be back? I was so worried that you were going to get the job full time. I, I couldn't. Re- I'd never felt like I was on holidays. But um, look, it, it's just I'm just so glad that you did it. And, and you know, thank you so much for doing it, my friend. Although my holiday was, was handicapped by your out and out brilliance. Well, you know, I feel like I'm working on a conspiracy theory because mm-hmm. I reckon I filled in for two weeks for for the great Tim Gilbert, and I reckon you got so worried. That mm-hmm. I mysteriously got COVID at the end of it. I planted it. <laughs> Starting to think. My Corona. Do, 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 do. I reckon. I reckon someone should do a remake of that. At least, at least you've turned the corner and you're on the men, mate. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, because you, uh, everyone knows how you get out of isolation with COVID. You uh, you get a PCR test, but then you don't have to get a PCR test. You get a rat test, but then sometimes you don't need to get a rat test. Sometimes you just need to sit in your house for eight days, and then if you just feel a little bit better, you can leave. So you. Yeah, all makes sense. Now, now speaking about lockdown, Chad, we got Novak, Novax, no visa. What about <laughs> yeah. what? What about this story? I've got to say, this is one of the greatest stories to kick off the year. Yes, um, because we were talking about this a bit in the lead up through through the summer. Mm. I knew one hundred percent. I knew the Els Open was going to backflip on their vax stance and be like, "Yeah, well, look, Novak can come in." Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't realize was going to happen but i'm so glad it did was that as soon as the public view like the public was <laughs> perception went down the toilet every government in the country went well we didn't say it could come in <laughs> it has been the most amazing dan andrews oh no 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 victorian government said no that's for the federal government and then scomo being like what's that something we can talk about other than the fact that no one can get a rapid test <laughs> yeah yeah we'll kick oh, it out oh it's got it's gone international like the serbian president has come out and said that scott morrison's not human i mean look if we were closer we you know serbia and australia might be at war tomorrow yeah it's- watch out all the melbourne taxi drivers are going to revolt <laughs> what happens? But what happens next? If you know, look, just say he gets let off, and you know they change the visa and whatever, and he stays in the country. What happens when he walks out onto court for his first game? He's gonna cop so much. I'm not gonna lie. We're, I was in a group chat that was that's planning to go to the Aussie Open, hopefully for one of the weekends, and we were already saying, "Oh, mate, we're definitely getting tickets to catch Novak get booed." When this happens, I mean, the the level, this is the problem that Novak's got, right? Because he was actually one of my favorite players for many years. And then over the last probably three, four years, it has been one of the worst. Whoever's doing his PR is completely ruined his career because stat wise, this guy, statistically, greatest tennis player of all time. Yeah, he is. And you watch him play, it's like he plays the game in such an interesting fashion, like a unique way to a lot of other people. His defensive play is unbelievable. His flexibility is insane. Tell me someone else that can go courtside to courtside against Rafael Nadal and still Mm. win. There's no Mm. one. And he would come down to Australia, win a 10th Aussie Open. If he was playing, he'd most likely win it. It would break... Uh, it would break the record of, of Federer in terms of most Grand Slams in a single place. It would also make him on par with Nadal in yeah. the battle with Nadal. But no one will ever say he's the greatest tennis player of all time because he's an absolute flog. Well, he's a flog, yeah. I've heard, I heard on the grapevine that Demir Dokic has been doing a bit of PR for him. Yelena's <laughs> <laughs> dad. Where's the fish and yeah. chips? I'm here, to bail, I'm here to bail him out. <laughs> I, I don't think he will play. And I think mm. the biggest reason, two biggest reasons. One is the fact that the Aussie Open doesn't want to have this awful look now and Nadal's playing, mm. so they don't necessarily need him as much. Yeah. And two, the political side of it, it would look too bad for ScoMo, it would look too bad for Dan Andrews 
to let this bloke in. Yeah, after what Melbourne's been through. I, I totally agree. Now, speaking about uh, lockdown or potential lockdowns, Blake Ferguson in Japan, what about his story? Mate, I tell you what, New Year, same rugby league, you know? <laughs> It's like it's 2022. Should we turn over mm. a new leaf? Hell no! You can take the you can take the lead what player leaf? out of Australia, but you can't take the cocaine out of his pocket. That's what we've learned. <laughs> but we thought he'd we th- we honestly thought he'd turn the corner. I think did we? <laughs> Some of us maybe. Did he turned a corner, or did we just watch him play a few good seasons of the Eels? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I didn't believe he had changed for a second. Are you kidding me? Oh, mate, he's, he's look. Well, whatever has happened, he's in a bad space. I've got to tell you, and and you know, obviously, you don't want horrible things to happen to people and whatnot. But you, have you guys been to Japan? No, I haven't. No, the nicest people on the planet. Right. Like they're like so they they are they are incredibly racist. I'll tell you that much. But they are still very nice. <laughs> like they're, they're like really polite. If you put in a bit of an effort, they're fine with it. Um, that's why I find it baffling that you could get into a fight with a Japanese person. Yeah. At a bar, and then I go, mm. oh, but it's Blake Ferguson, of course. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like this guy would coward punch a child after a few beers. Like I've no like no faith in this guy behaving himself when he was out at this pub. And the the fact that he's allegedly had cocaine in his pocket, it's a pretty – they're like a nice country, but they're also pretty strict when it comes to drugs. Mm, so he could sure. be in quite a situation. But the knock-on effect is the thing that I find so fascinating because there's so much honour, respect around the culture in Japan and rugby league and rugby union are on this kind of up in in Japan. So it's like a they're, they're a new kind of sport in terms of becoming yep. popular – the competition's quite new. And what he has done has already brought the new competition into such disrepute and the team. And shame, yeah. That the team itself might not be able to play and may have to fold because oh, wow. the reaction of the public is how could this team let such a shameful thing happen mm. in our country through a player that they have brought in? So even Eddie Jones is the is the coach. Uh, sorry, Checo is the coach like could be in a lot of trouble themselves because of mm. what Ferguson has done. So there's so many facets to this story in Japan, mm. but I think the main thing that Australia will focus on is, oh, another one of our bad boy rugby league players will be getting kicked out of a competition. But it kind of flows on to a lot more than that, which is kind of sad because mm. league and union needs to grow massively in Japan because it is – a huge market, and it's amazing how one ex Parramatta rugby league player could have brought the entire thing down. Go the eels, go the eels. Now, talking about a bad situation, and um, I suppose being in a bad position, what about Nathan Cleary's big tat on his ribs? Oh, I mean, like I said, New Year, same NRL. <laughs> um, look, I'm not gonna lie, look, it's a nice looking little panther, <laughs> it's a big panther, it's not, it's not little. Um, yeah. the champs thing, it's uh, Many sports player gets a, a tattoo to commemorate a victory. I mean, we're not going to – I'm not going to rag on him for wanting to get a tattoo, but, jeez, what I did notice is, God, he's enjoyed the off-season, hasn't he? <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Oh, oh, look, I just find it oh, – yeah, I know, like it's a different mentality. It's a different mentality, but I always wonder why. You know, some people obviously just love getting tattoos. I, I often wonder why you just wouldn't have a piece of paper and, and draw what you want to draw or get someone to draw it and put it on your wall because they do have a habit of changing when you get to probably 60, 70, 
and so on. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, you've got to remember, like, the reason mm. that these rugby league stars have to commemorate the tattoo of their championship wins is because the amount of head knocks they get, they're going to forget they ever won a premiership for the next few seconds. <laughs> Need something to remind them. They should put one on their arm that says, stay off the piss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check your pockets. Check your pockets. <laughs> Get on the straight and narrow. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's a wild old panther. Well, Shad, um, look, mate, it's always good to chat, and uh, let's do it all again next week, brother. Will do, legends. You have a good one, eh? That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Shad Wicker today and our sponsor, Shane. Yeah, wonderful sponsors in Main Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And, of course, thank you to our producer, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We are back Monday with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back.